You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast, podcast, podcast. All right. Some news coming down the pipe this week. Three new signings. Uh, Brad Q. Living just spent a cool 3.5 mil in a matter of, what, 48 hours. No big deal. Burning a hole in his pocket. 3.5 mil. <laughs> mil. 3.5 mil um, gone within a matter of 48 hours on. Well, let's break it down. Let's start with the biggest signing. Uh Eric Branson, one-year deal, 1.95 mil. Whew. Take it away. I mean, what do you even say at this point? Like, I know, I, I don't know how, we're, are we stuck in a time loop here? Like, what is this? Well, it is. It's the exact, it's Groundhog Day, dude. Every single offseason is the exact same thing. Like, straight oh, up. It's going to be a big Big shakeup. Expect some big shakeups here in Calgary. And this is this is it. This is the big shakeup. You lose your best defenseman. You finally address your top six right after losing your best defenseman. And then you just sign a whole bunch of 13th and 7th, 13th forwards and 7th D-men to round up, round up the rest of the offseason. Like, number exact one. Same I, thing. Yeah. Exact same thing. Every single year. I mean, we had, we had Kent Wilson on. We talked about it. It's a fucking it's a time loop. Groundhog Day. Expect the exact same thing year after year. And I've talked to a lot of people who were like, oh, just wait. Like, there's still plenty of time left. Brad can still do something. Like, just wait. Just wait till you see his full plan unveiled. It's like, guys, like, I honestly feel bad if you're still getting duped by Brad Tree Living and thinking he's going to do anything different. Because, like, this is exactly what he did last year. And this is exactly what he did the year before. <laughs> like, to a T. It, it's almost unbelievable how he can continually do this, especially when, like you said, like, okay, if this is your strategy, sure. But like, don't come out after every season and say how much everything's horseshit and you're going to look at it and you're going to make major changes and then proceed to do nothing. So I don't know, man. And the other thing too, is like, do we not say this? Like everyone's like, Oh, see all the money they got with geos contract gone. Here we go, baby. And like, hold up. He's going to spend this money very irresponsibly. Yeah. Well, people were arguing, you didn't lose Geo for nothing. You got the cap space. Oh, yeah. Totally worth it. Okay. Well, you just, you just spent. You, you just spent <laughs> oh, more than half of it in a matter of 48 hours on Michael Stone, Eric Branson, and Brad Richardson. And like the other thing is too, like this is what boggles my mind. Like sign Stone and call it a day. Sign Lewis and call it a day. You don't need Lewis no, and Richardson. No. You he's don't need co- Stone and Goodbranson. No, he's the collector, man. It's like last year. It's like you don't need to sign Nordstrom and Simone. Pick one. It's like the year before. You don't need to sign Reader and Ronaldo and acquire Lucic. Pick one. Guaranteed, if you go to this 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 man's place of residence, whether it's, he's got like, I bet you he puts on a front. If you go into his... His house, like as a guest, everything like looks neat and tidy. And then he's got probably like three secret rooms where he's just like, you walk in there and it's like a scene from Hoarders. Just stacks of shit piled to the ceiling. You got fucking all the corners of the rooms just piled up with trash. This guy can't, he's a collector, dude. Like he can't help himself. It just blows my mind, man. And like, okay, like the thing that I still don't understand is like, I don't even mind if you sign these guys, but why are you signing them in the stead of pieces you need way before like if you want to add to your bottom pairing defenseman like 
good Branson and Stone, that's fine. But take care of the real business first. Like, that's what blows my mind. It's like, there's still a, you lost Geo, you didn't replace Geo, and now you're spending your money on guys who don't need to be here. Well, <laughs> you know, everybody, it's, everybody will argue, oh, people that are in favor of this junk will be a depth signing. It's a depth signing. Oh, yeah. Well, we had this contract, we had this exact discussion. Last offseason, when yeah. he was when he was doing the infinity gauntlet of plugs and Simone and Nordstrom and Nestrov, and you and me are sitting here, and a lot of other people are like, this is so dumb. He does this every year. And then you have people coming out of the woodwork going, oh, stop complaining. Shut <gasps> up. Like, oh, you think Brett Ritchie's going to play? He's just here for depth, guys. Like, at maximum, he'll play, like, every few weeks. He'll just be there for depth. Nestrov's definitely not going to play all year over Mackey and Shillington and uh, – and, Valimaki, oh, and, and you know, Simone, he's just there for depth. He's really good. These are all depth guys. Yeah, until they're playing in the top six all fucking year. Like, it's down the stretch, and Shillington and Valimaki are sitting in the press box in favor of Nestrov and Stone. Like, so you, I'm sorry, that's a null and void argument. These guys are going to be used. They're going to be used way more than they should be, and you can't argue otherwise. This is what happens every single year. There's been a lot of discussions on Sean Monahan and his drop off, but. I don't think anybody's even brought up the point that he's been playing with anchors on his wing that are not named Johnny Gaudreau for what the past season and a half. Unless, unless he was playing with, unless he was centering Lindholm and Gaudreau, like look at what he played with last year. Simone, Richie, Nordstrom, was it Lucci's? Like who else? He played like, with Lucci. She played with Dubé for a bit, but it's like, like, you know, he's not the type of player that can carry his own line. So why are you saddling him with fucking 13th forwards? I just don't get it. Like, and I mean, sure. Like it's just the same song and dance every off season, right? It's like Blake Coleman was fine, but same with last year, there was a few okay additions, but you didn't address the needs of the team. And then you spent a bunch of money that again, like last year, Oh, Brody's gone. They're going to oh, just wait. They, they didn't lose him for nothing because they saved the cap saves that Brody got. Well, here's a conversation we had, uh, I guess, late season when we missed the playoffs. <laughs> How much money does Tyler DeFoley make? Tyler DeFoley makes four and a half million. Or is it 4.25? Point, let's, uh, double check it. I think it is 4.25. That's yeah, 4.25. Tyler DeFoley. 30 plus goal scorer last season. Did he hit 40? He was at what 30 prorated. You'd be like 40 for sure because there was a 40 goal scorer. Even Josh Anderson, he makes a bit more. But let's use Tyler Toffoli as the example here. Toffoli had 28 goals last year in 52 games. 28 goals, definitely 30 goal scorer. Maybe hits 40. That's 44 prorated on a team that can't even fucking score. 4.25 4.25 mil, and we just spent 3.5 mil on a bunch of plugs. And then if you really want to stretch it out, think about how much money we're spending between... Somebody did the math the other day. I did the math as well. Between Lucic... And again, I'm not making this just about guys like Lucic. It's that you don't need Lucic and Richardson and Lewis, right? Like, you pick one, dude. So between Lucic, Pitlick... Richardson, Lewis, Goodbranson, all the guys they signed this offseason with Lucic and Zadorov included in that. You're spending 15 over $15 million on guys who don't bring anything to your lineup except toughness. That's it. Now, hey, we don't we can't predict the future. Obviously, you look at all these signings in, in a nutshell. You look at the how it's worked out for us in the past. If we can look at the past as any indication of the future, this doesn't make any sense again. Now, we keep saying, look, there is one wild card in this. It's Daryl Sutter. And I guess that's where we're left. But why should we be left there? Why why do we have to rely on, okay, Daryl Sutter might be able to make this all work? It's just like, why can't you just go out? I mean, there'll be people saying, yeah, but Toffoli wasn't available. Wasn't he? He wasn't available? 100% he was available. If you give him $5 million, you think he's not going to sign here? How like, come, there's I'm, a Daryl Sutter guy. You won how many two Stanley Cups of them? Why don't they go after Sutter guys like that? No shit. Anyways, I mean, fuck. I just hate being in this position. It's just like, yeah. unless Daryl can weave some magic here, we're fucked. Well, Essentially, because we've got the same yeah. team rolling into next season as we did last season. 
maybe even worse on the defensive end, slightly better up front. And now we're just jamming everything with, with size and slowness right now. Well, and the frustrating part to me is not even that because they are moving forward with the premise that Daryl Sutter is going to make this team better, but don't you want to give yourself like a better chance? It's like, this is kind of like this, this feels like what a team with a budget would do, right? It's like, okay, given our very limited budget, we can only acquire this X amount of players. And we're hoping Daryl Sutter, it's like reverse money ball. It's like, how much money can we spend on the worst possible team available to us and then hope our coach can turn that team into a contender? Like that's, that's the idea. It's like, rather than giving, putting the best possible ro- roster forward and then letting your coach do, coach do the work, you're doing like the exact opposite. I just don't get it. And the other thing that's just always frustrates me is the team's not any better. They're not, they maybe are worse. But it's like every year they don't get better. They don't get worse. They just kind of like shuffle the chairs around and then kind of, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, like I just don't like make the team build, make the team better. Is the team better than it was last year? No. Is it better than it was the year prior? No. The year prior? No. Like it's never been a incline or a buildup or a lead up. It's no building. It's just like, yeah, let's throw some, let's see what happens. And then you have to listen to Bradtree Living after yeah. this season. Oh, oh, what happened? Gotta dig to the carcass here. Yeah, like, like dude, Brad the car- surprised. The, there's, the carcass is already here before the season starts. We can tell you right, right up front what's probably going to go wrong. You don't, so, need, you don't need to sift through it for five weeks after the fact. I tell you right now. And I mean, listen, like, again, not to like talk about how right a lot of like. The Flames signed Chris Tanev last season. Was Chris Tanev really good? Yeah, he was. Did they make the playoffs? No. They sucked. So even if Eric Branson is good this year, or Brad, if like end of the year and Tyler Lewis is like, or Trevor Lewis is like, yeah, he was pretty good. You know, like it doesn't matter because it's not what the team needs to get better. At least not in a lot of our views. And we, and this- we saw that last year, right? Oh, this priority was defense and goaltending. Well, sure, Markstrom played really good for the first bit of the season, and Tanev was great, and it didn't do shit because they didn't address the primary needs of the team. At this point, this is year seven now under Bradtree Living. Your team has already entered their window. Unless you see some playoff success, I'm talking at least, what, two rounds? Like, what's a one round? A one round is like... Not enough. Like, like you're in. This is it, man. This is the culmination of seven years' work, and we're sitting here with the pretty much the same team we had last season, which wasn't even good enough to make the playoffs. Well, and that's what other the other thing that's kind of humorous to me is like this is Bradtree Living going all in pretty much, right? Because he knows like <laughs> this is his last shot, and he's gonna he give the man credit, man. He's gonna go down with. He's going to put all his chips in on guys like Branson and Lucic. Like, he's going down with his boys, apparently. Yep. He still obviously believes in this group, eh? Still believes in the, the grit and the toughness. I'm, like I said, like, look, we don't know. Maybe we'll have, they'll put something together, something magical. But it's going to well, be because, that's, of, because, that's gonna be because of Daryl. Not I don't because want to be strategy. crossing my fingers for some magic beans. Like, that's what they're doing. They're pulling a Montreal or like at best a New York Islanders where they're just going to hope to get into the playoffs and squeak in, which is like, that's not good enough at this point. And I know it's been the MO forever, but boy, it's just like, I'm so sick of like, okay, if everything goes perfectly right and Daryl Sutter squeezes the perfect amount out of this team, like maybe they can win a playoff round. Like, I can't believe we're still at this point. And like, it's again, like I was saying, if you want to sign Stone, fine, but like signing Good Branson for $2 million. When you have like no money, it's just nuts to me. You know, like look at the other guys who make two million dollars. Ryan Murray just signed in Colorado, two million. Sammy Vatanen makes two million in like would you rather have Jordy Ben at nine hundred nine hundred thousand dollars or Eric Branson at two? Like I I don't get it. I just don't. Okay, so what does Gabranson give you? Because if you're looking at his wins above replacement, this guy stinks defensively. I mean, he's he's, he's, he hit, he's big and he hits. That's it. Like that's it. That's it. That's what he's giving you. At least 
when you bring in a guy like uh, Zadorov, he's actually has pretty decent defensive analytic numbers. Yeah, at least Zadorov can you know have a positive effect on suppressing shots and chances. Not the case with Gabranson. Could you imagine if if these two play in a pairing together, like the amount of penalties are going to rack up? Well, dude, here's who I feel bad for is Yusuf Valimaki. He's going to have to – poor guy had to drag around Nestrov all year last year and then get shit on. Everyone's like, oh, Valimaki sucks. Now he's going to have to drag around Eric Branson because, like, he's going to play. That's where he's going to play. If you think this guy's not getting minutes, I think you're sorely mistaken. Now – I think the the fan 960 had an interview with him. Gabranton straight up said that Daryl called him during the offseason when free agency opened up. Did it, is that is that what the timeline to get that right? Sounds that sounds like that was the case. Does that seem kind of weird to you? I've never heard of a head coach calling players before. Um, again, this is obviously a Daryl Sutter decision, obviously, to bring in Gabranton. Let's hope what the fuck he knows what he's doing. Because again, why don't you go through his, some of his his metrics here? I mean, his metrics are all terrible. <laughs> Every last one of them. So where does he? Where, what percentile is he? He's pretty low. Oh, I think in the J in, by using J Fresh's uh, wins above replacement model, he's like what in the sixth percentile, like worst in the league. He's f- well below replace, replacement using the evolving hockey um, model, like. I just don't like he brings hits. Like I think he's even in like the third percentile in terms of his overall uh, impact by the evolving hockey model. So I know Mike from flames nation, Mike Gould had an article up about it today. He says with good Branson on the ice last year, five on five, the senators were outscored 31 to 17. Uh, it's not very good. <laughs> So where do you see him slot again? Like, like can we hope he's going to be the seventh man? No, I, I don't think so. I think it'll be a rotation between him and Stone. No, on on six and seven. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, probably. This team doesn't seem interested in playing in playing Shillington. Um, Connor Mackey gets a one way deal, but he seems to be the odd man out in all this. Like, <sighs> how many more um, seventh D men and thirteenth forward is Brad still going to sign? My question, like, do they still have any roster space? There's still plenty of PTO. There's still plenty of time to invite, make his PTO list, man. How does this guy get two mil? That's what I'm asking. Like, yeah, the Flames, like, I I don't understand how you get $2 million when you look at, A, what not even what was on the market this year, but, like, replace below replacement level defensemen are pretty much free. And, like, that's what I don't understand. Is like, you're telling me Mackey or Shillington can't produce better results? So it's just, it's just because of size and toughness. And like, I don't have a problem with size and toughness, but when you're paying $2 million for it, yeah. that's when it's like, what are you doing? This, this signing is, this is what that is. You're literally paying for toughness only because he doesn't bring anything offensively. He sucks at his own end defensively. You're and literally like, paying just for toughness. And I know you've said this a million times, but like, there's only a handful of GMs in this league still bringing out their pocketbook just to pay for toughness. And just to pay a, pe- pay a premium for toughness, like the diminishing returns, okay, like how much toughness do you need? Richie, Lucic, Lewis, Richardson, Zadorov? Like I know everybody's saying, oh, this team will be tough to play against. Yeah, but they won't be able to score or skate or do anything but fight. <laughs> like... I get having like one of those guys, but this feels like when Brian Burke was the GM and our fourth line was like McGratton, West Garth, and um, like all like you had 14 fighters on the team. Like, pick one if that's something you value and don't pay a premium for it. It's, it's funny to see Brad triple down, eh? Yeah, it's like it's not because yeah. what was it after after last season for the Flames and whatever else it was, there's another playoff team in Toronto, right? They go out, they get tougher, they get more veteran leadership. Didn't work for them. You saw what happened to us last season. And we're sitting there like, okay, well, like, can we rule out the theory yet that you should probably start building a skilled team over a tough team in this day and age in the NHL? 
Yet here we are again, tripling, he's tripling down. So it's going to really take some sort of magic is what I think. I don't, and I still think it's possible. I don't know. Like, did we get worse in the last 48 hours? Well, I, th- that's the real question I here. I think we, we got, we, I think we got worse. Did we actually get worse? Worse? Because look at how we allocated 3.5 mil. We, I, I <laughs> yeah, we, I think we might've like, okay. Like, Good Branson. Is funny, Good hey? Branson is terrible. Stone was fine last year. It's like, I can't believe Michael Stone is the best signing of the day. Like, okay, Brad Richardson, sure, he brings you an element that, like, of, of defensive responsibility for a fourth liner. But, like, you're telling me that you couldn't get a guy like Glenn Godden to do that or have a young guy? Like, like you don't have enough guys who are just there for defensive value in the bottom six you don't like that's what they're all there for so he's 36 for shit's sake it's It's funny don't get it you don't need all of them pick one pick one or two even you don't need 10 like what you're saying is if you look at general managers in the league as a whole there's there's upward trends happening in this league which is like youth speed skill those are the upward trends there's also downward trends Age, slowness, right? And it's just like there's there's plenty of teams and general managers in this league that are building their team on these upward trends. And then there's a handful that are still hanging on to these downward trends. And when those GMs make moves, some it's just like your GM just made some moves and your team actually got worse. On paper, your team gets worse. I mean, we saw it up in Edmonton. Pretty much all off season. It's like, what the fuck? This better fucking work. And if it doesn't, then I mean, what? Then what? We're back. We're back. We were last off season. We gotta go through it for one more season again. I I just really don't get it. Like, and I mean, again, like I'm not against toughness and stuff, but I mean, like, you can't just throw tens and tens of millions of dollars at guys just because they're big and tough and think, yeah, it's going to work. Like, yeah, that's what they, that's what they tried after the Colorado series. That was the takeaway from the Colorado series was we need to get bigger and tougher. And not only did it hurt the team as a whole, they've been terrible for two years since that switch in philosophy. So, and like you said, now they're quadrupling down on it. Yeah. I mean, like, do you make the playoffs last year? If, if good Branson is on the team, like, no, you like, you don't, you just don't. If you make the playoffs, if Lewis is on the team, like, I just don't understand. Like, I'm really trying to figure out what the hell is going through Bradshaw living's mind. And, and I, I understand, like you said, like, it seems like a Daryl Sutter thing. Like I'm not, I don't know, because I would say, cause everybody's like, Oh, he's bringing in Sutter guys. You must know Sutter's the coaches. Like this has been Brad's MO for years. Just bring in a bunch of shitty players before camp and call it a day. So sure, they're Sutter guys now, but I think this ultimately comes back to Tree Living's philosophy in general or lack of philosophy. You know, like he he's done this three straight years where he just signs a bunch of guys who don't help the team and calls it a day. Yeah, it'd be one thing if you had extra cap space and you're just like, okay, well, let's round out some corners. We got a pretty good group here. I mean, just to clarify the point we're making, we're not shitting on the players as individuals so much. Maybe a Gabranz in a bit because you're paying two point, you're paying one point nine five two mil for a guy that is questionably. I mean, he's a he's a below replacement player. He's well below replacement. So you're literally paying for toughness. I mean, the, the point in all this is, look, we don't know if it's not going to work. Yet we're sitting here saying. Why did you spend 3.5 million when you have a perfect example of why wouldn't you put that towards, you know, one player that might move the needle for you even just a little bit? These guys aren't going to move the needle. No. Is Michael Stone going to move the needle for you over the 82 game season? Hell no. Is Gabranz going to move? Like, what's he going to do? Beat some players up? That's going to move the needle for us? Like, Brad Richardson? I don't even find, never heard of this guy. He's not moving shit. I literally thought Brad Richardson had retired like years ago. I was like, he's still in the league. I had no clue. 
I'd honestly go, I'd probably rather have Brad Richards. I would, oh, totally. How old is Brad Richards? I bet he's not even that, that. Uh, you said Richardson's how old? 36. He turns 37 in February. Never heard of the guy. How long has he been in the league for? I guess he was, yeah. But would you, I'd rather have Brad Richards at age 41 than, than Brad Richardson at age 36. Yeah, just keep him on the power play. And it's like, like you said, like these guys don't move the needle. And I mean, even if you want to say, you know, well, they brought in Coleman, right? It's like, sure. But this like ring around the rosy shit where it's like guys in, guys out, guys in, guys out. Like we lost, yeah. we've lost Brody and Giordano in the last two the seasons is, and haven't replaced is, either of them. The thing is you didn't add Coleman. You replaced Geo with Coleman. Exactly. Another lateral move. Adding. Sure. Adding AD. D. You, yeah, you addressed one need while subtracting your best defenseman. <laughs> yeah, like this so. A... <laughs> I mean, you didn't get better. Exactly, getting you're better the is the, is the problem. Like you're you the did, same. You're the same. Maybe you're better. Maybe you're worse. But you can't say you're. You cannot look at me and say the Flames are a better team this year than they were last year and last year than they were the year before. Like it just it has it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it's safe to say the echo sweeps his is over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, did you see that circulating? So somebody put out a report that's like the flames are. It looks like the flames with the Gabranson and <laughs> and Richardson. With the decision, of it spend, looks like uh, the flames are out of the Eichel sweepstakes, which they had been working on for a few weeks. It's like, oh yeah, big fucking surprise, eh? It's like we almost got Eichel, but we couldn't make it work. So here's a bunch of guys who suck instead. That's uh, that is Brad. Oh, how many times have I heard that? Oh, we almost got Mark Stone, but let's go get Fantenberg instead. Okay, Brad Richardson. Um, tell us, tell us about this guy. And listen, like again, like you, you said, I don't have any problem with these players in a vacuum. It's just like last season. It's like sure, but but this is your philosophy. But this over is- he, this is a philosophy Brad chooses to run with instead of. Building his team on upward trends. Exactly. That's, Instead of building the team. Building. He's like a business who just has like so much turnover and never hire, you know? It's just like the sh- shitty people just kind of come and go and filter through. And it's just like stagnancy all the time. When really it's a management issue. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, you know those... You are the problem. They say when your business, like a, a sign of a bad business is high turnover in staff, right? Like, well, there you go. It's just everybody in and out. They're the bottom six fucking years. I mean, sure. Brad Richardson, he's a Sutter guy, but I mean, why didn't they just stick with Lewis? Right? Like, I don't get it. He's just a bottom six guy who can play. Okay. Defense. So now what we have, we have what? Um, nine bottom six forwards now. Is that where we're at? I think we're at like 15 by now, aren't we? 15 forwards, but 15 bottom 15 six. bottom six forwards. <laughs> well, you can you can imagine the fourth line between Lewis, Lucic, Richie, um, Richardson. You know, like why did they sign Brett Richie? Right? Like, what do you need Richie and Lucic and Richardson for? You don't. You just so, don't. wait, wait, here, here you go. How much is Brett uh Brett Richie making? What does he make? 900? So there you go. Those four add Brett Ritchie to these three players. There's there's a tired fully right there. There you go. So would you rather have Brett Ritchie? You telling me that your AHL team couldn't fill in the gaps if you went and got tired to fully? Right. And that's you need all these fucking 13th forwards. You need the infinity gauntlet of crap, like every single year. I just like I'm sorry to keep like repeating myself, but it's just hey, I, as long as Brad continues to repeat himself, you know, we're gonna have to continue to repeat ourselves. Like, I mean, what happens when, what happens when somebody gets hurt? Like imagine Lindholm gets hurt. What are you going to do? You're fucked. What happens if Noah Hannafin gets hurt? You are fucked. (laughs) So like, it's just, this team has just been like, it's being held together with string. It's like building a house with tape. Oh man. I I don't don't get it. Held together with spider webs. Like, bring the kids in. You want speed and energy. No, no. We don't like developing in this club, in this organization. Like, you, you either you have it when you're 18 or well, you just play in the HL for the rest of your life. Like, I can you imagine when McDavid because over the boards and Good Branson is on the ice along with Lewis and 
Richie and Richardson. Like, it's going to be a nightmare, dude. Like, isn't that the other thing? Daryl Sutter's always talking about speed, moving the puck, playing with pace. These guys are slow as shit. Like, I think the Flames are probably, again, everyone's like, oh, they're the toughest team in the league. They're also probably the slowest team in the league. I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but the last time we recorded, I might have mentioned it, was right after the women's played that gold medal game in Canada. Oh, yeah. I said this too. It's like the the women would beat the Flames probably because they're so fast. They wouldn't beat them, but they're they're legit faster than the Oh, yeah. Totally. They play with way more pace, and there's guys are. They can skate way faster. <laughs> like, it's not even a question. Now, it's obviously not apples to oranges. It's bigger ice. And they're playing against smaller competition. But still, the pace of the game is faster than a national hockey team. So, anyhow, I mean, do you want to spend much more time on this? Like, ooh. I don't know. Like, how much more do you say? Like, I know everyone is. I if think- you Listen, if you're a newer listener. I mean, maybe you haven't heard this before, but this is the same shit. We're just repeating ourselves. Broken record for the last two and a half, three years. Because the because the GM is doing the exact same thing. He hasn't changed his modus operandi at all. Well, they haven't learned from their mistakes. He hasn't learned from their mistakes at all. Like, not, like, at all. Like, didn't he see, like, the first time this he tried this philosophy, which was after the great season of 2018, 2019, and it didn't work at all, he should have said, you know what, that didn't work. Okay, I need to learn from what I did. Instead, like you said, he doubled down on it. Didn't work spectacularly. Now he's tripling down. It's just like, I'm at a loss here, man. Like, I like how he, um, at first he was taking his big gambles with like players that are hard against, play, or players that are hard to play against, like Troy Brower, yeah. James Neal apparently. And now instead of taking these bigger risks on players who actually have had success, <laughs> he's just taking, taking smaller risks with all these little plugs. Well, and you know what? That's what it is, right? He's managing in a risk-averse fashion, right? Because what is more risky? Trading Sean Monahan, and maybe Sean Monahan's great and you get somebody back who's not as good and the salary doesn't work out and then you get can, or bringing in a bunch of tweeners and shitty guys on cheap one-year deals spending to the caps you can go look i spent to the cap signing blake coleman and see look i addressed the need in the top six and just crossing his fingers that daryl sutter can squeak a playoff round under this team so he can keep his job that's what it is it's risk aversion management from bradtree living right now like what look again somebody said this i thought this was a really good point um i think this was where was this i saw it on twitter it was like look at it this way like is spending Two million on Gabranson and giving up a third, and then spending almost four million on Zadorov. Is that worse than giving up a first and a third for Geo and keeping Geo? Probably. So, but which which is more risky? Which which would make more headlines? Bradtree Living gives up a first and a third to protect thirty eight year old Mark Giordano. Still the team's best defenseman. Or, like I said, when he's getting all... Yeah, still the team's best defenseman. He's getting patted on the back for making the unemotional business decision to not pay that price and then make shitty moves. So it's just like the shady, under-the-surface stuff that, like, if you just sit back and analyze it, it's just all Bradshaw Living is trying to do is save face and minimize risk. That's it. And, like, it's no wonder we haven't won a playoff round in six years. Like when we did um, last off season, heading into to last season, our biggest question mark was, was was Jeff Ward, right? And we said, look, we need a basically a miracle. Jeff Ward needs to somehow. <sighs> like, what would that have taken? I mean, if he, he would have had to have some sort of like complete evolutionary process happened in a small time frame for him to get from the amateur that he was at the start of last season to being good enough to influence his team to take him to the next level never happened. I feel like we're sitting in a very similar situation, which is like if, if Daryl Sutter can't work magic, we could miss the playoffs again. And if he can work magic, 
then we're probably got a, a good chance to be a playoff team and maybe win around. But apparently this is the end of our window. So yeah, but that that's years. right. Like that's your bracket of success. It's either that's miss it. the playoffs or like maybe you miraculously win a playoff round or two. Like that's it. Seven what? years, seven years of building. That's like, that's the goal right? after seven years of building. Like Why didn't we just rebuild? Exactly. Like my question to people who are kind of like, you guys stop being so negative, wait and see. It's like, what is honestly in reality, what is the absolute best case scenario of this season? Best case this season. I think best case is you win one round. Is that good enough for you after seven years? No. <laughs> and what are we doing here? That's, and what's the worst case? We missed the playoffs. That's Again. Why, that's why it's frustrating to see the exact same moves that haven't worked for however long you want to go back being played out again, leading up into this. Why did you just go get Eichel? Because that's risky and you have to, you know, put your neck out there and make, uh, make a big time risk and maybe it doesn't work out. Like look at Masai Ujiri. Exactly. He trades probably the team's best player at the time in DeRozan for what a lot of people, I mean, there people were on, on the fence with this, you know, Kawhi Leonard and all these injuries is it wasn't, wasn't a slam dunk of any, any sort that it was going to work out, but then it works out. Like what would be the alternative? Like if Masai Ujiri is Brad, you living, then what is it? He keeps DeRozan and Lowry for seven fucking years. Yeah. And just keeps rotating all but these. But doesn't get them any help at yeah, all. Just keeps rotating fringe players around them year after year after year. Same situation. So, and yeah. Again, you can think these signings or whatever, like the Flames are going to need a, not only a miracle, but they're going to need everybody to stay healthy. Johnny Gaudreau is going to have, like, I don't know who's going to score goals on this team unless Sean Monaghan has a miraculous turnaround and becomes the player he once was. And Johnny Gaudreau is and Matthew Chuck finds a new level. They're going to have, they're going to have a hell of a time scoring goals. Well, and that's just the offensive side of the game. And again, like everybody's like, Oh yeah, the Sutter defense. I mean, that defense is still pretty rank, man. So I, the system is going to help. Sutter's going to help, but this team is not going to do much this season. And it's just a bummer to continually see this rolled out. Like, and we all did anybody not see this coming? No, that's what we all joked about. It's probably gonna happen. And then like, I honestly feel bad for because I put a poll out on Instagram. I was like, Are you surprised that this dweeb didn't do anything? And a lot of people are like, Yeah, this bitch tricked me again. He tricked me. He's the wizard of Oz back there tricking me. <laughs> and he's that's he, this is what he does. He talks like there's that there's that article from right after the flame season ended. He's in the front page of the Sun or Sports Center or whatever it was. And it's like, we need to make changes. That's what it said all year. You heard his interview on the on 960 earlier in the year where he's going off being Mr. We're horse shit. These guys need to play better. Or there's changes coming, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't do anything. Every year. Yeah. And again, he's, he's hopefully swapping Mark Giordano for Blake Coleman is, is good enough to make this take this team to the next level. Because that's all what he did. level? What's the that's, next level? That's all he did. That's it. Win more than games than the than the Ottawa Senators? Be, is that the next a, level? Be above 500. That's the next level. Is that the next level? Not be a below 500 NHL team? Wow. That's the next level, baby. Yeah. We do. Uh, we usually do an offseason, like a, a preseason podcast on all the things that need to go right. We'll still do that. We're touching on some of them today. Everything. But yeah, it, it is. It's going to be pretty much everything across the board. <laughs> Needs it's, to go right. To like, be, to be a, a team that can actually potentially do something in the playoffs. Everything needs to go right and nothing can go wrong. Like, it's pretty nuts, man. Look, if you want to, and, and again, we always have those conversations. Where is your bar set at? Yeah, because that seems to be the biggest thing that we've noticed in Calgary is the bar is really fucking low. So if you want to talk about winning a Stanley Cup after seven years of one GM, seven years work has brought us to this moment. What is this? What needs to happen this year for this team to see success? And let's say win a Stanley Cup, a fucking miracle. 
That's it. They need a That's fucking true. miracle. They need to have a miracle happen like what happened in L.A. I mean, they have the same coach. So that's that's what it would take for this team to win a Stanley Cup. Now, what would it take for them to make it to the finals? Another miracle Cinderella run. That's what it would take. Like, you're not sitting here looking at Tampa Bay. What is it going to take for them to get to the finals? <laughs> Way different conversation. They're not, they don't need fucking miracles, right? They just have like a list of five things probably. Well, and why? Why don't they need a miracle? Because they're good and they've spent like, 10 years building a really good team. And if you go to cap friendly right now and, and check out uh, how much money everybody's spending, like our, the Tampa Bay lightning, they're over the cap right now. They have $88 million projected. Like, are they only $6 million better than the flames or $5 million better than the flames? Cause that's how much money difference between the two. Like the flames are currently spending more than the Vegas golden Knights. You mean they're only like a luch each better? Yeah. They're spending more than Vegas. Here, here's a list of teams the Flames are sp- have more dollars committed to this upcoming season. Vegas, Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, Florida, St. Louis, Colorado. All better teams. All those teams are like so much better than us. It's not even funny. So like, I just, oh man, oh man. It's pretty weird, man. Well, for the next podcast that we do the preseason we'll try and stay more positive we will but well i don't even think it's being positive man it's like what are we supposed to do with this like how can like what are you supposed to do with when it's the same thing for three years and that's what i don't understand like you said the bar being low like it's been like if you've been a flames fan for a long time it's been 30 years of this like honestly like you oh, had, yeah. you had 2004. That was it. That's literally like, it's, it's not like, I know people don't want to get bogged down in negativity and shit, but it's, you can't argue with the results. You just can't. And it just feels like groundhog day. It feels like spinning your tires endlessly when trying to break down what this team is trying to do. And I mean, of course I'm going to be watching every single night and I'm going to be cheering when they win and piss when they lose but it's just hard to get on board with a team that has no direction and no vision every year yep the only direction of vision is keep doing what hasn't worked (laughs) (laughs) okay last thought on this is like i remember when sutter was gm everybody trotted this quote out like in the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results which is like an einstein quote i mean you know has anybody gonna throw that brad shivings way like all right it seems to me i was keeping an eye on twitter the last few days with all these new sightings and it seems to me the consensus of people are, are are pretty much done with brad yeah people are people are fed up so I don't see if, if there's not some serious out of the left park success this season. How does he even finish his last year in his contract? I there's no excuse for it, right? Like unless your bar is really that fucking low, which I think it is. So well, it is. Like if they, if they make how. the if they make the playoffs, he'll be back. Okay. Uh, any more to talk about that before we get to our player panel? I feel bad for Connor Mackey and Oliver Shillington and Glenn Godden and Matthew Matthew Phillips. Phillips. All these uh, players that could be NHL players. They could be. They really could. And all their analytics support it. But you'll never fucking find out in Calgary. That's for damn sure. Never. So, yeah, I'm kind of exasperated at this point. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey folks, the In The Dome podcast is brought to you by DraftKings, and this week we're sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, only available in the States. So if you're in the United States, listen up. You don't want to miss this. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started in the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly. Head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. 
If Sportsmax not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Okay, welcome back to part two. We have a very special uh, player panel here. We got Sean Monahan joining us. Mark Giordano's back. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau. And then we have uh, Brad True Living. Brad, are you still there? You didn't uh, get too scared? Oh, uh, well, uh, Jordan, uh, you know, uh, it's been a. Uh, okay, off thanks, season. Brad. Thanks, okay, Brad. Yeah, yeah you're, we well, you're welcome, have, Jordan. You're very welcome. We also have uh, Eric Francis joining us. Eric Francis, do you know how hated you are in this? Hello? Season? Eric? Hey, hello. Do you know my first question? Everybody is dying. Johnny Gaudreau is such a pussy. Oh, can you guys hear me? Eric, we can't hear you. Um, please mute yourself. Now let's go back to some players here. Um, I wanted to open up this with you, Mark Giordano, because apparently you're you're still in the city. Is that correct? Straight out of Calgary, put out a tweet yesterday saying that his cousin saw a bunch of players in, in, in a restaurant yesterday. It was Hannafin, Lucic, Monaghan, Dubé, and Lindholm at a restaurant with you, Mark Giordano. <laughs> what are you doing in Calgary? Oh, well, fuck. I had to come get my, uh, do my golf tournament and holy fuck. Oh, I had to see Lucic. Oh, he's my best friend, Red Milan. Yeah. Oh. Did uh, you have any words with Brad? Are you guys still on talking terms at this point? Well, Brad is such a good guy. Um, yeah, he's such a good guy. He just, you know, he told me, uh, you know, he told me, uh, well, he told me he really loves me, and then he really loves me. So, Brad, great guy is Brad is. Holy fuck! Now this is a panel. I will get to everybody, but before we get to you, Brad, I'm curious. Sean Monahan, you're you're also a, a leader on this team. You have the assistant uh, captaincy. One one of the leaders for a few years now. What what what's your take on this losing Mark Giordano at the uh, expansion draft? Well, yeah, Mark's such a great guy, and well, yeah, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, Brad's got to do his job, and I mean, that's not really my job, and you know, my job is to play hockey, you know, so it starts on October twelfth, and uh, yeah. And uh, Johnny Gaudreau, are you kind of in the same sentiment there as 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 Sean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, well, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Gio's little guy there, uh, Jack, um, yeah, it's like everybody's best friends and, uh, yeah, um, looking forward to a great season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Brad, I mean, it sounds like you got the support of the players here. Can you walk us through what happened in the decision-making process? Was it something that, uh, you know, you, you had to really think about for a few uh, months or, um, uh, well, you know, uh, you gotta. You, what you do is it's a carcass. So, um, what you do is you look at it, Jordan, and then uh, you look at it again, and, and you just look at a lot of things, and you never stop looking. Um, did you have to kind consult, of like? Um, sorry well, to interrupt. Go me. no, go ahead, Jordan. Did you have to consult the grocery list at any point? And uh, you or? know, you know what it's like, Jordan. Uh, when you're, uh, you know, at the grocery store and you need some soup, and, and then you realize you forgot your wallet, and then you got to run home. You know, that's what it's like managing a hockey team. And that's what it's like. So you know. So okay, thanks, Brad. If there's anybody that might might have something sure, negative yeah. to say mm-hmm. about the process. Maybe it's Eric. Eric, where, you, where do you stand with this whole losing Mark Giordano process here? Mark Giordano is a pillar in the community, and if he had it his way, I know he wouldn't say this, but he would have Johnny Gaudreau shipped out on the first ship out of Calgary. That's all I can tell you. Mark Giordano, when he's playing for Seattle, he is going to be headhunting Johnny Gaudreau because he's such a piece of shit. It's unbelievable. They lost a great man today. If only they could have lost Johnny Gaudreau in this expansion draft. Let me tell you, because that guy is a piece of human garbage. 
Okay, uh, thanks for the answering the first question, everyone. Uh, let's move on to the next question here. Sean, um, I gotta be honest, you, you've been a real sore spot here for the fan base for the past year and a half, at least I would say. What, what's, what's happened, man? I mean, your game has really tapered off. Has it all just been injuries or, I mean, what's going on? Well, yeah, you know, um, there's things that, you know, happen. And, you know, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's like, well, I started last night and talked to Daryl. And I think I think it doesn't matter what happened the last year. It's all starts on October 12th. So who it doesn't really matter to me. It's uh, October 12th. Johnny, um, what about your perspective? I mean, you've played with Sean most of your career. What what have you seen? What what's why does Sean suck so bad now? Yeah, well, um, yeah. It's like you said, uh, like you said, it does it starts on October 12th, and uh yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So Mark, uh, uh Giordano, like I get it, you're not the captain anymore, but do you have any advice for Sean how to get out of the slump I mean how is, is can he turn the season around in your perspective uh my best advice for Sean is just you know uh just just to love the guys in there maybe uh talk to Luch I know Luch would have some really good insights on you know like you know like how to improve every day and uh, I just hope that you know I, I just hope this year that everybody gets along and has fun and uh, you know has a great year together without me I guess <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, over to you, Bradtree Living. I know, like, it sounds like Sean Monahan is one of those guys that's been on your trading block for about three seasons now. How, <laughs> what? How come you you are unable to pull the trigger time and time again? I mean, do you just get caught up at the restaurant uh, there in, at uh, Boston Pizza, just helping uh, out the gang? Or, like, what's going on? It's really hard to be a, you know, Jordan, I'm be an NHL uh, GM here, and um. Hard to make deals, you know. And uh, you know, in, in Sean's case, he's given everything for this team, and uh, it's really hard to make. You know, the first thing they teach you in uh, Boston Pizza Management School is, you know, that uh, may, your job is harder than everyone else's job, and you should uh, you should always come up with excuses for why you can't do your job. And uh, you know, the team's been horseshit. I've been uh, I've been horseshit, but. Um, it doesn't really matter because uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be there's a lot of belief in that room and they all love each other and uh, love, love, uh, love is everything, you know, like love wins. Okay, well, I mean, well said, I hope I hope that translates to actual success for once. Um, Eric, you're you're a fringe journalist. You're such a badass, Eric. You really are. I mean, what's your take on Sean Monahan? Is he that big of a piece of shit? Sean Monahan, if there was a list of biggest pieces of shit in Calgary, whoever existed, the list would go like this. Number one, Johnny Gaudreau. Number two, Johnny Gaudreau. Number three, Sean Monahan. He's not a Sutter guy. He's not a Daryl Sutter guy. Daryl Sutter is going to hate Sean Monahan. He's going to take him out to the farm and beat his ass. And he'll never win. He'll never win in this league. He's he'll never win. He's scum. I hate. He's he's no good. This has been proven time and time again. I remember when he was injured, had four injuries in the playoffs, and the, he still he only scored four goals in five games. He only scored four goals in five games. Let me tell you something. That is not good enough when you're battling two broken wrists and two sports hernias and a hip problem. It's not good enough. This guy is so soft. He's got to be the softest player in the entire league. Get him out of Calgary. You what? What, what do you what, Why do you think Sidney Crosby does that? Do you think Sidney Crosby plays through injuries? No, he doesn't do that because he's a team player. Well, I, I know there are some fans that share your perspective, Eric, but I think they're just as big as clowns as you are. Okay, moving on here. Uh, let, let's let's. I'd like to shift things off the perspective of the players up to management here for a sec. Mark, uh, last question before you move off to Seattle. Um, well, what are your thoughts have been over seven years with Brad True Living? Has he really done everything to give this team, um, you know, what it really needs to see success here in the city? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends what you mean by success. You know, it's like, fuck, um, pizza parties every Friday pool parties over at Brad's house. It's just been, oh man, seven years of just 
pure and utter fun. I mean, we've won dick all. And I mean, wow. Uh, I mean, but again, it all comes back to how you define success. I mean, we're all best friends here. And, you know, like, Brad, it's such a nice guy. Like, fuck. What was the question again? Um, let's just move on to somebody else. Gio, thanks for your time. Uh, Sean, same question to you. Uh, are, you are you happy with, with having zero success over seven seasons with Brad Schlittinger? I know I think it's only been six for you, but still, I mean, you guys have really struggled. Are you, are you happy with where you're at? Well, yeah, it's kind of like, what does happy even mean, right? I mean, if you look it up in the dictionary, it probably means, you know, whatever this person wants it to mean. And it's just like, well, yeah, I, if at the end of the day, I'm I'm producing and I'm doing what I need to do in the gym and I'm doing what I need to do on a nightly basis and um, I'm ready to go on October 12th. And I mean, happiness is all relative, you know, so uh, I've yeah, it starts on October 12th and that's the bottom line. Um, Johnny, uh, I know you've had some, some really great personal success in the last few seasons, almost hitting a hundred points. Um, how, how would you, how would you rate your general manager? Has he really gotten you the players that you need to, you know, to really take you to that next level? I know you, you played a lot with Brett Ritchie last season and I mean, he's a hell of a player. Some even think he's better than you are, but I mean, how has Brad really helped you succeed in this league? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you look at it, you look back. I mean, I got to play with, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to play with Joe Colburn there for a little bit. And Joe's a great guy, a really top-notch player. Yeah, I got him a nice, sweet contract. Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, you know, I've dragged around Sean for, for seven-plus years and made him a lot of money. But, yeah, that's been totally fine. Uh, yeah, um, if you're talking about, um, oh, yeah, the year before, I loved playing with Troy Brower. Yeah, that was really fun. I know he's... I know. Uh, is he even in the league anymore? Oh, I don't even think he's in the league anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, but that was really fun. Michael Furland, oh, he was great. He's not even in the league anymore. Yeah, um, he was great too. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, who else have I played with? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I played with Lindholm on my right wing for a while there, but um, I guess that didn't work out, so they took him off the wing. Yeah, and they replaced him with uh, yeah, with Brett Ritchie, and you know, Brett's been. Brett's been great. And uh, yeah, I hope to get to play with them a little more. I'm really hoping to play with, you know, Brad Richardson or Tyler Lewis or yeah, all these other guys. Like, I mean, and God forbid, I never would want to play with like, you know, Jack Eichel or Thomas Hurdle. No, no. I mean, yeah. Well, I know there was a, there was a point last season when everybody was really sad to see Brett Richie taking off your line because I mean, I think he really made your game better. Um, this is a two part question. First, how, what what exactly did he do last season? Was it in practice? Did he push you? Because I, I just want to, I'm curious. We're really curious to know how, how Brett really, Richie specifically made you a better hockey person last year. And then can you also speak to um, giving, getting a chance to play with Matthew Kachuk for once in your life? Yeah, well, uh, I've never actually played with Matthew before. Uh, yeah, I know we've played together for six, I think six years now. But uh, yeah, getting it getting a chance to play with the other best player on this team was, you know, it was kind of fun. It, it didn't, it paled in comparison. Yeah. To, you know, uh, playing with, uh, yeah, with, um, Brett and, um, Brett just has a really good attitude and, um, you know, he plays really good music in practice and, um, you know, he's really good at dumping the puck in when I get it to him in the slot. So, uh, yeah, it was a really good experience. I think, I think the fact that Brett is really big and can't skate, um, I think that really, uh, compliments my game. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, uh, so yeah, maybe getting a chance to play with Matthew Kachuk next year. Um, I don't know if that'll happen if uh if Coach Sutter wants that or not because I know he's really good. I know he can score on all the feeds I give him, but uh, that if only if it makes sense for the team, which is at the end of the uh, end of the day, what I what I want. Before we come to you, Brad, I want to I want to jump over to Eric. Eric, um, listen, um, you tell us from your perspective because you're the wise know-it-all like seriously you're the sage here in calgary everybody respects you um how has brett guys like brett ritchie dom simon um i can't even who who else am i thinking of um tobias reader all these players that we've seen just come and add those injections into the top six in the past two three seasons how lucky is a guy like Johnny Gaudreau to get to play with such an assortment of just great players? All of these guys are winners at the end of the day, and Johnny Gaudreau is not. You look at Tobias Reeder. There's a guy in the playoffs who came to play every single night. 
Now, I mean, is he even in the league anymore? I think he's in Buffalo, which, like, you know, they prioritize guys who know how to win. So, I mean, there you go. There's a winner. There's a leader right there. Milan Lucic. You look at Milan Lucic's body language in that postseason press conference. All you could read from that body language is that Johnny Gaudreau is such a loser. He cannot win. That's the only takeaway you can have from the entire season is that Milan Lucic is such a great leader, such a winner. He's a winner. His body language looks like a winner. You look at Johnny Gaudreau's body language. He is not a winner. That's all I have to say on the matter. Uh, Brad, can we get your two cents? I mean, look, you're you're a big part part of this reason why these players have you to thank, Brad, for all these just the you know the handful after handful after handful of you know thirteenth dimensional thirteenth forward seventh seventh defenseman. All these players just they just continue to make an impact on this lineup season after season. Just continue to inject themselves up into that lineup and make all these uh, these top echelon players just even that much better. Brad, um, do you like to toot your own horn? Can I even ask you that question? Or, um, like, what's been how, what's been your take on all of this? Well, Jordan, you, know, you come in here and um, what you are true is you're either trying to look at things or acquire assets and um, you're trying to do things right. And, um, I mean, if you look at it and then if you look at it again and then you go to the grocery store and you look at it again and you say, well, Red Ritchie's available and you just go, you're missing players everywhere year to year and uh you know all you got to do is if you if you compare your grocery list to um to to your hockey team then you really that's a self-explanatory question so um we'll look at it um we'll look at everything um we're gonna look at absolutely everything this upcoming offseason except how to make the team actually better in the top six but other than that we will be looking at absolutely everything i don't know if that answers your question yeah, well, no, but uh, let's move on. The last question I have for the panel here, I mean, you guys have been all great, uh, but my question for each of you, and I think we'll probably start with uh, Sean Monahan. You're the new leader on this team. Um, what is this team's goals for this season? Are you, are you guys striving to make the playoffs? I know that uh, Coach Sutter had mentioned that um, once he took over the group last last season, that there wasn't actually any goals set for you guys. Um, is that a goal you guys have now to make the playoffs? And if so, um, it, it, do you strive uh, beyond that? Like, where are your sights set? And the second part of that question is, what do you need to do to, to, to achieve that goal this season? Well, yeah, you always have goals. And uh, yeah, it depends what you mean by goals, but you always have them. And I mean, uh, if you're talking about my goals this year, I mean, if I had to choose, I, I feel like, you know, um, I, I'm getting my laundry done on a daily basis and, you know, making sure, you know, that I take care of those types of things every day. That's only going to make me a better hockey player. So that's all that I can, it's all that I can do. And when it comes down to the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter except that I got to be ready to go on October 12th. And that's really all that it comes down to at the end of the day when it all comes down to it. So. Now, Mark, I know you're no longer going to be with this club, but from an outsider's perspective, and sometimes this is, you know, the most valuable perspective you can get from an outsider's perspective. What is this? What should this goal team strive for and, and how do they get there? And well, I think I already answered your question. You know, it's like everybody just needs to be best friends and that produces the best results, you know, like fuck, like if everybody just loves each other, then it's just it's not even going to be any problem and you support each other in the room. And if Milan and Chris and Sean can all get along, then it's just going to be clear sailing. That's the only thing that matters. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, are you in the same sentiment there? Or? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think we'll skip the management on that question. We'll, we'll just We'll just wrap things up with a rapid fire here. Um, Eric, who is the best player on this team? Uh, best player on this team. <laughs> the best player on this team is Chris Tanev. Did you see what that guy did last year? He could lead this team single-handedly. If you replace Johnny Gaudreau with that was that would be my solution. I don't know about you guys. You put Chris Tanev on the top left wing, and you will win the Stanley Cup 
no doubt in my mind. But there really is no good players on this team. Everybody sucks. The entire organization sucks, except for the ones who give me information and pay my salary. Other than that, everyone sucks, except for the owners. They should move this team to Houston yesterday. Calgary is a piece of shit city. I don't even remember what you asked me. If I leave you with two words of wisdom, Calgary sucks. Johnny Gaudreau sucks. That's all I can say on the matter. Okay, Eric. uh, Okay, good. He's done. What a guy. eh? Brad, um, who's the best player on this team? Well, if you look at it and you look at it up and down, Jordan, um, it's everybody because what we are in there is we are a team. We are not one individual player. We are every. Oh, my God. I totally forgot that Michael Stone. It's Michael Stone. Michael Stone will lead us to the promised land. Or a team, except for Michael Stone, is in a echelon of his own. He's he's the best. He's got the best shot I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, this guy could rival Al McInnes. So, first answer, the team. Second answer, Michael Stone. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, uh, are, are you the best player on this team? Um. Yeah, I don't know. If, um. Yeah, I don't, maybe. I, I. Yeah, I. Maybe. Probably not. Um. Uh, I look at a guy like um. You know, like uh, Lindy, and uh, yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, Chris is pretty good, and uh, yeah, I don't know if it's me. Um. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mark. Uh, you, you, you. Again, outside perspective. Now that you're gone. Who's the best player on this team? <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at, uh, you look at, you know, you look at what, uh, you look at what, uh, you know, uh, it's it, my, Michael Backlund has done. Oh man, he has been so good for this team for so long. It's just, uh, I, I just, <laughs> everyone should be friends. I don't know. I can't say anyone who's the best. No, you're making me, you're making me shy here, uh, Jordan. <laughs> uh, everybody's the best. Okay, Mark. Well, all the best in Seattle. I'm sure you'll be back uh, if this team is even sniffing around a playoff spot. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll give up. We'll happily give up the first and the third. Um, after you've already played two thirds of a season elsewhere, <laughs> and as Sean, let's let's finish things with you. You're again. We mentioned this now that Gio's gone. You pretty much are the leader on this team. Um, who's the be- who's the best player on this team, Sean? Well, yeah, I don't like to get into specifics. I mean, all that matters is that we're ready to go on training camp opening. Um, that's really all that matters. Nothing else matters other than being ready to go and, and starting on time and being ready to go. There's really doesn't even really matter. So all we have to do is do what's in our control and control what I can control. And the rest of it doesn't matter as long as I'm ready to go on, on whenever the season starts. All right. So there you have it folks, uh, the round table with uh, players past and present. And uh, as well as Brad Chu Living and Eric Francis, everybody's favorite. Hope you guys enjoy the show. We're hoping to get another uh, guest or two on here before the season starts. And we'll get into some preseason, whatever you want to call it, analysis um, for October 12th. It starts on October 12th. That's when it starts. <laughs>